Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corey. This is Ryan. We're the Unqualified Commission Podcast. This is the fourth episode. Wow, I never thought we would actually... Third actual episode. Okay, third. Fourth Excluding the, the introduction. With the introduction. I never thought we would... Uh, well, I don't want to say I never thought. I never saw myself getting this far into the show. <laughs> and I, I'm so ecstatic that we have. We got a lot going on. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So I want to go ahead and open up the show with a word of prayer. Um, again, please email us your prayer requests or answered praise reports at the Unqualified Commission at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your stories. Uh, we'd love to hear your prayer requests. Uh, we know prayer works. Uh, Ryan and I have witnessed it. Especially here recently. Here recently, a lot of prayer has been coming true. Uh, we have some upcoming uh, things that we will announce, um, but I, I want to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us uh, come tonight and do this for you, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings that you've blessed us with, and thank you for blessing this ministry, Lord. We did not see all the growth that you were going to give us, but you gave it to us. Lord, I want to thank you, and I want to pray for all those who are listening. I pray that you bless them, Lord. I ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So this week, Ryan and I are going to stir the pot this is going to be a good episode. If they don't cancel us on this one, we'll probably be good for the rest <laughs> of the <laughs> So this week's episode is, once you're saved, are you always saved? Question mark. Question mark. That's a big question mark. Ryan and I, um, we did some pre-show talking. Uh, Ryan and I, last week when we discussed this topic, we weren't really aligned uh, with the same belief, but as as we studied this out and as him and I talked, we've actually kind of changed or we align on that belief. Yeah. So once saved, always saved. Uh, so I grew up very traditional. And I'm not going to mention names and I'm not going to say what denomination and I'm not going to, I'm not going to point fingers. But the church I grew up in... He was Buddhist. He, lies. <laughs> <laughs> the church I grew up in was very adamant about once saved, always saved. Uh, they believed that no matter what you did, if you said the Lord's Prayer, you were saved. Yeah. So you would go up there to altar, you would say, repeat after me, they would give you the Lord's Prayer, you would repeat after them, and they'd say, congratulations, you're saved, you can do whatever you want to. And there is people in that church still to this day who believe that belief. So after studying this out a uh, very long, uh, very long time, I have determined that that is not the correct answer. I have determined that once you are saved the right way, and you avoid doing a couple things, you are always saved. But there is a few things that you can do to lose your salvation. But, okay, what's your definition of being saved? How do you get saved? Being saved is receiving the free gift of God and admitting that God's death on the cross, Jesus' death on the cross, was enough to cover your sins. Mm -hmm. We don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. Our works don't earn it. You cannot buy yourself into heaven. You can't charity yourself into it's heaven. It's not transactional. It's not transactional. Yeah. 
It is a free gift. Nothing you can do can determine your salvation. Correct. It is a free gift from Jesus Christ. So I, I have a few. When I say a few, I have a lot of scripture tonight because there is a lot. There's a lot of scripture that helps us develop our beliefs. So the first verse I have is 1 John 5.13. So this kind of answers that question mm -hmm. that you just asked me. How, how do you get saved? What is saved? Is, you know, this, this, is it a single prayer that you say when you're right, a kid? Is it yeah. the Lord's Prayer? Is it a repeat after me? Um, so 1 John 5.13. Forgive me here. I got, I got a lot, so I'm gonna be, you're going to hear me some flipping. But 1 John 5.13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It's that simple. You believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and what he did was enough, you are saved. There is one step in that, though. You're saved, but you have to turn away from your sins. You can't continue living in your past life the, the way you were. So the word repent. Yeah, repent means turn away. Turn. Yeah. Turn a 180. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. that's what I, I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, they say that prayer... And they're good, so they go back to the way they were. So they leave the bar on Saturday night, come in on Sunday, say the Lord's Prayer, and on Monday go right back to the bar. <laughs> that is not salvation. Yeah. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit draws you in. Mm -hmm. You have to be drawn. You can't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to get saved. I'm going to get saved. <laughs> today is the day I'm getting saved. I, I'm just going up to that altar. I'm getting saved. You have to be drawn in. Yeah, right? yeah. So... That, that's the two steps to salvation. I, I really believe we overcomplicate it with the ABCs and the... The five steps. Five you know, steps yeah. and the five-fold ministries and the 12 steps to recovery. There, there's, it's that simple. You're drawn in by the Holy Spirit. You repent and you believe in Jesus Christ. That simple. Yeah. And what's your opinion on being baptized? Do you have to be baptized after... So, that, I believe, should be a whole show, but I'll give you kind of the, the high points Give a sneak here. peek. Just the, just the peak of my beliefs. I believe that the word Christian means to be Christ-like. I believe mm -hmm. Jesus got baptized. So, we should, too. We should, too. Um, so, I believe... I don't know the answers to do people who don't get baptized go to heaven I've never been to heaven in that aspect however I do believe that once the seal was sealed the covenant the uh, veil was torn mm -hmm. there's not a single mention of anal, any single person going to heaven not being baptized and everyone says, I know what you're going to say. Trust me, I grew up in the most traditional church. You're going to say, what about the man on the cross? Yeah, yeah. Okay? However, Jesus had not fulfilled the prophecy at that point. Jesus was still alive. The man on the cross has to be remembered when Jesus was still alive. So technically, we were still Old Testament. New Testament happened when Jesus passed away, when Jesus was died on the cross. 
the prophecy was fulfilled at that when time. the prophecy yeah. was fulfilled so there is no verse in the scripture that mentions another case of someone not being baptized and going into heaven and trust me I can dig a huge hole and hurt a lot of people's feelings about being baptized not being baptized but the scripture tells you it's all over the gospels to get baptized in the name of Jesus get baptized in the Holy Spirit and get baptized by water it, it's, it says it all over the bible and I don't want to take away from this episode but okay, yeah. that's just let's, my, let's get back on track <laughs> that's my peek into what I believe uh-huh. so that we can get a whole episode going for that for is baptism baptism required so the problem is with salvation why, why do we need salvation that's a that's the question why do we need salvation we're sinners in need of a savior we are sinners so everyone forgets that sin has a cost yeah there was a very high cost paid on the cross Jesus gave his life for sin mm-hmm. it was a very high cost in Romans 6.23, we all know this verse, for the wages of sin death. are death. Yeah. So, if you sin, there's a wage for that sin. If you don't have Jesus Christ to pay for that sin... You gotta pay for it. You gotta pay for it. Yeah. It's gotta be paid and for. Death could it, it could mean literal. Um, it don't have to be instant it could be it could take time i watched this guy on youtube the other day who was talking about this and he said um that he didn't believe the way the wages of sin was death until he got to that point where he wanted to kill himself because of all his sin and that he said that took that took a lot of time he said even if, if it's not right then it could be later on <clears throat> So I uh, I want to quote a scripture here, and mm-hmm. I, I want to kind of deep dive into the what I believe the true meaning is. Yeah. And then um, tell you the meaning that I grew up being exposed to, kind of being I believe misinterpreted. So this uh, this verse is John ten twenty seven through twenty eight, and uh, we've all heard this verse, and this is going to be the verse that if you ever hear someone defending once saved, always saved, this is the verse they're going to quote. So John 10, 27 through 28. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. So this is the verse. If if you know anyone who believes in once saved, always saved, this is the verse they quote. Yeah. The problem is when they're quoting this verse, they misconstrued the verse. So they're saying that no one can take you out of your hand. And, and I've heard it said like this. Nothing can take, take you out of their hand. And, and that is, of course, true. When they're reading that verse, they're not taking in consideration what is not there. Sometimes you have to read the scripture and say what it says, but then understand what it did not say. The entire context of it. The yeah. entire context of that scripture. So if you 
read that scripture, does it anywhere say that you cannot give up your gift of salvation? No, it does not say that. Does it say anywhere in that verse that you can't lay the gift to God back to Him and walk yourself out of His hand? Does it say anywhere in that verse, does it say those things? No one can snatch you out of His hand, but you can take yourself out of His hand. Mm -hmm. it's, it's our choice to either choose the salvation or walk away from it. So I want to be very clear. I believe... Once you are truly saved, you are always saved. But I want to put a big fat semicolon right there. Because I believe there's a, mm -hmm. a few things that you can do to lose your salvation. And this, I, I agree with Corey completely on this. You know, this is one of the only things that we <laughs> agree completely on. And when we started this last week, we did not agree 100%. What did I it, say last week? I can't even remember. You said that you believed in... Once saved, always saved. No, I believe you said you didn't believe in once saved, always saved. And I said I believed in once yeah. saved, always saved. But my, now, my intent behind it was what you're saying now. So Once we did the study and once we figured out the true meaning of these scriptures and verses, him and I came in agreement. So this is the first of, I believe, two things that you can do to lose your salvation. So you can give back the gift, yeah. and you can depart from God, and you, you can know the truth, but you can not accept the truth. Mm -hmm. The second thing I believe that you can do to lose your salvation is blasphemy. And everyone, I, this word is so overused. Everyone, it's uses, a hard word to define. It's a hard word to define um, by the world standards. Yeah, but blasphemy is pretty simple. Once you really understand and begin to comprehend the meaning of blasphemy. Uh, in the movie, this is a secular movie, but in the, the movie 300, mm -hmm. they say, this is blasphemy. And, and everyone says, this is blasphemy, and this is blasphemy, and this is blasphemy. And those people who are saying this is blasphemy <laughs> do not know the definition of blasphemy. So blasphemy is taking the things that God has done for you in your life and giving credit to Satan, the enemy. That is blasphemy. There is also a second definition, and that is where you do not accept that the Lord has done the things that he has done, or say the things. You, you Essentially, you call the Lord a liar. Mm -hmm. That is blasphemy. So calling the Lord a liar, or giving the dues of the Lord to the devil. That is blasphemy. So I believe... If you are once saved, you are always saved with the semicolon, as long as you avoid those two things. Now, blasphemy, would that go along with unbelief? If you don't believe it, are you calling him a liar? Yes, because if, if you do not believe, that means that you are saying the words in red when he says, I come to be the Messiah, and you don't believe that, you, you're calling him a liar. So, see, uh, again, that's where a lot of people, they will orbit towards that idea but when you take the root it's calling the Lord a liar yeah so my whole life that verse was quoted to me to defend once saved always saved and I will tell you the church I grew up in will still defend that idea I don't know why there's a certain group of people who 
can't fathom the idea that there's context of a verse. Yeah. <laughs> That's beyond A lot me. of people take verses out of context. And you have to be very careful doing so. Yeah. Because taking a scripture out of context is the fastest way to uh, teach false teach be, yeah. be a false prophet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to show where turning your back on God is in the scripture. Because I told you that those two ways are are the only two ways to lose your salvation. So the first verse I have is Second Peter two twenty through twenty two. I was just going to that right now too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when Ryan and I were talking pre-show, it was pretty funny because we started looking at our notes and started realizing how closely aligned our notes were. So that's 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 how you know it's truth. The truth is always confirming. It's always in confirmation. So when I saw some of his notes, I was like, I went down these same channels and sound these same thinkings when I was thinking my notes, so I know this is true. Yeah. So Second Peter two twenty through twenty two. Says for if after they have escaped the deliverance of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and have overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it and turn away from the holy commandments handed on to them. Right there says, it is better for you to have not known the truth than it is to know it and turn your back on it. That has turning your back all over God as simple as it gets. A different translation of that. It, this is the message. It says, if they've escaped from the slum of sin by experiencing our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then, then slid back into the same old life again, they're worse than if they had never left. Better not to have started out on the straight road to God than to start out and then turn back, repudiating the experience and the holy command. They prove the point of the Proverbs. A dog goes back to its own vomit, and a scrubbed-up pig heads for the mud. So, I have a second. I have several verses here, but this one... It really kind of hits the idea home. So in my Bible, it has titles of the verses that are coming down below mm -hmm. it. And if you read chapter, uh, I'm, I'm in Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. And if you read the title here, it says, The Peril of Falling Away. And if you read Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, it says, For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away it is impossible to renew them against repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame I don't understand how we can preach once saved always saved if it's as clear as day and night in this Bible 
that people can turn away from God. What book and verse was that again? This was Hebrews 6. That's for uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. So I um, I have a lot of I have lots. There's uh, and in fact, when I was doing my Bible study, a good way to learn about what the Bible says is simply type into Google. What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about this? It the Google is a secular website, but Google is going to give you ideas of verses that are popular around that subject. Yeah. And then it's your job to go to those verses and get and the true meaning. Read, and, get yeah. the true meaning and research them and deep dive into them and study them for yourselves. We we've mentioned this into a previous episode, but no one else's faith is your faith. Yeah. You cannot just come onto the church on Sunday and just trust the pastor 100%. The pastor is a human too. In Romans I think it's 3.23, for all have sinned and come to the glory of God. And I, I We're think, all sinners. We're all sinners. It doesn't matter if you're a deacon. It doesn't matter if you're a bishop. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. We are all sinners. It, it doesn't say, for all have sinned except those who are bishops, pastors, and evangelists. It does not say that in the verse. It says, we, for all of us have sinned. So Isaiah 59, verse 2 says but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God iniquities is another word for sin and fleshly behavior there's a certain group of people out there who do not feel conviction when they sin so a good litmus test to know if you are a Christian or not, to know if you're a follower of Jesus or not, is be able to discern whether or not you can edify Christ or not. If your sin does not bother you, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You do not have yeah. the Holy Spirit. You are not saved. You are something's not, wrong there. Some there there's a lot wrong. There. <laughs> if you cannot determine right from wrong mm -hmm. or you don't feel the conviction of right from you've wrong you've lived in the sin for too long and you become complacency into your sin when you have become complacent in your sin you have lost salvation that doesn't mean you can't turn back that doesn't mean you can't it. repent you can turn now, from your ways at any time going back to Hebrews um, 6 4 through 6 it says, It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. Does that mean it's impossible to be brought back? I've actually done research on this. It was a while ago. I can't remember exactly what it said. But it talked about it talked about the context of the verse. So, what's your opinion on this? So, I take it at face value. So, I believe someone who has known the truth and someone who has been enlightened by Jesus Christ uh -huh. 
and decides that that lifestyle is not for them and they go to the world they I believe that they will engage in so much sin and so much complacency that they will never have the desire to turn back and repent and well, re- what if they do have the desire to turn back and repent I believe they can be brought back I can't remember the exact context of that verse but I've I've done research on it and I'll have to look it up later but and I think the verse is speaking to those who have made up their mind. Because if you're still debating in your mind whether the, the Lord is for then you... Then you still have that small chance. You still that have you that do. small chance, yeah. right. Uh, I, I believe this verse is talking to those who have... Hardened their heart completely. Hardened their heart completely. And without a shadow of a doubt, they have admitted that they there is no chance that they are turning back to the Lord. They have accepted... The it says ways. they're crucifying the Son of God all over again. That's verse, that's verse 6. Right. Yeah. So I, I believe... So if, if we... Like we said, if, there's the, if that person has even the slightest doubt whether they will turn back, that's not a complete hardened heart. Yeah. But if they have made the, percent, uh, the decision to be 100%, then that heart has been 100% hardened. Mm-hmm. And they I, I believe, it. like it says, is it impossible to... To get them back. So I'm going to go to Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 12. And I know we're jumping all over, but I just want to really hit home that we're not just quoting one scripture, one verse out of context, and that's where we're drawing our beliefs from. It says it over and over and over again in this book. And when you really think about it, it makes sense. <laughs> that makes 100% sense <laughs> to does. me. I mean, that, that's, I mean, just look at it. So, Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its, but its end is the way of death. Mm-hmm. So, we talked about in a previous episode, doing the right thing at the wrong time is still a sin. Doing the wrong thing at the right time is still a sin. So, there, in this verse here, in Proverbs, it says... There's a, a way which seems right. So it seems in your mind that it's the right way. At face value. At face value. Yeah. But when you really start dissecting and you, you know, really maybe, start... Maybe this isn't the right way to go. Right, yeah. right. And again, I bring this up, but if, if the Lord told you not to touch the Ark of the Covenant, even if it was falling off of its platform, disobedience it. yeah. was disobedience. It doesn't... It may have seemed like the right answer but we obviously saw in the scripture he was turned into a pillar of stone Mm -hmm. that was a sin and death was the reward for sin and right here it says this is a sub note in my bible it says proverbs offers common sense but doesn't encourage simply trusting your own sins choices that seem perfectly right may end up destroying you that is precisely why people need to cultivate wisdom what looks good often isn't. So I want to uh, go to the story. So I, I want to tell you guys some bad news. There are going to be plenty of preachers who have had a congregation, have led plenty of people to Christ, who are going to spend eternity in hell. And that is a hard pill to swallow. But this is in the scripture. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of people. This this is, this, I, I understand we're stirring the pot. But we're speaking the truth. There's going to be plenty of people who have tattoos 
and who have teardrops and who have all the things of this world and they're going to be getting into heaven. It's your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. There's going to be people who believe that they were doing the right thing. They're going to believe that somebody else's faith was their faith. They didn't have their own personal relationship with God. Yeah. And so they're going to get to heaven and the Lord is going to look at them and say, depart from me. And I, I, want, to, I want to get the exact verse. So that verse is Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, 21 through 23. And uh, this, this is, again, we're not taking a verse out of context. This is why I want to read all the notes that we have, all these scriptures that just keep driving home this idea that just because you said the Lord's Prayer doesn't mean that you're going to be living eternity with the Lord. It's very important that you get this right. This, this is the only thing that matters in this world, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's things that denominations do. There's things that everyone gets it all tripped up. But if you don't have this right, none of that else matters. None, yeah. none, nothing else matters except salvation with Jesus Christ, period. Build your life around this. You right. know? Yeah, right. So, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons? And your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's going to be a very rough day. Yeah. yeah. When you believe that you've been living down the right path. And the Lord looks you square in the eye and says, Depart from me, I never knew you. Especially when you see these uh, these works around you. It said, we, we perform miracles in your name. We cast out demons in your, na in your name. And I believe that's because the name of the Lord has power to it. It holds, carries weight around with it. And even if you don't have that relationship, just it happened because it carried the weight. It has the power. Just because you don't have a relationship doesn't mean that Jesus' is, is name is any less. Yeah, yeah. Jesus' name still is the almighty name. It's still, there's power in the name of Jesus, regardless of your relationship status. Yeah. And uh, I kind of want to make this pretty simple. And I don't want to say dumb it down, but I want to try to see if I can give you another angle to help you understand. So my daughter... My son can look at me and say they do not want to be my children. They can look at me and say they hate me. They can say they despise me. They can say they never knew me. But the truth of the matter is they cannot take away that I am their father. That doesn't make them any less. It doesn't make them any less my children, regardless of what they say. Mm -hmm. They don't have to accept that. But, but the it, truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. It doesn't change the fact that they cannot take that away that that's the same way with the name of jesus christ yeah the name of jesus christ will not be there will not be any shadows cast upon it it will not be there will be no lies there will be no doubt the name of jesus christ is the alpha and omega period you can 
attempt to take away from the name of Jesus Christ, but it does not change the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So I hope you each are beginning to understand the severity of what we're talking about. This is a very important subject, and I, and we're not trying to convict you. It is not Ryan and myself's job to convict you. It's we're our just job here conveying the message. We are just telling you the truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you and to bring you to the Lord. I just want you to take heed to our message and be a hundred percent honest with yourself. Are you really living this out? You know, or are you just did you say that one prayer back when you were seven years old? You're either a hundred percent in, or you're a hundred percent out. The you're, devil owns the fence. The devil owns the fence. We are trying to stress this, and I know we keep repeating ourselves, but we just want to make sure you have this right. It is our goal and the mission of this ministry to bring people to Christ. We don't care what you look like. We don't care if you have tattoos on your head, on your face. We don't care what life you've lived in. There's nothing that you can do. There is no sin that is too great for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And sin is sin. It doesn't matter if you've only gossiped one time or you've killed hundreds. Sin is sin. Now, they may carry different punishments, but... Sin is sin. Yeah. If you do not repent and turn away from that sin and believe in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you only stole one thing or you killed a hundred people, you, will not, enter into sin, the, you yeah. will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the mission of this ministry, we're just trying to ensure that you are 100% real with yourself and you start researching and you start doing the study for yourself and that you don't take don't take Ron and I's word for it. We gave you our verses. We want you to take those verses. We want you to read and study yourself. Don't my salvation is not your salvation. Ryan's salvation is not your salvation. Please don't take our word for it. Get in here, get in the word every single day. And start praying to the Lord. And build that relationship. And build that relationship yeah. for yourself. Ask him to search your heart. So I want to make some announcements. We are uh, finished with our topic. That's that's all we have for the topic. Um, Ryan and I are going to begin doing some things outside of our traditional show. Um, some ideas that we have is we want to read the scripture cover to cover uh, and have an audio recording of that. We want to... Uh, we want to support other ministries in the area and in, in the in the local areas and in the nation and in, anywhere we can promote them and get them out there. Right. Um, so we want to. Um, we have an idea about maybe starting a bulletin, um, or a website or a blog, but to have a prayer wall on on that website. Let so us that, know your ideas and opinions. Right. So please email us at the unqualified commission at gmail dot com to let us know if you would like to see those ideas or just like to see those things. But we are uh, expanding our ministry a little bit. Um, we're not just going to have this weekly show. Yet this weekly show is going to be here. A continuous thing, yeah. Uh, every week. But we, we want to hear from you to kind of hear from more ideas or more content that you would, you would love to consume and, and to be blessed by. 
But uh, this has been Corey. And Ryan. This is the Unqualified Commission Podcast. We'll see you next time.